Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us into your house as your people to receive your word and your gifts that you give us in Jesus. We pray that you let our hearts rest in the promise of life you have given us in him. Do lead us by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us hear your word for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our walk through this letter to the Philippians, and like always, when you get the beginning of a section of verses that says, not that I have already attained this, it's helpful to have either been here last week to read those words or get a reminder in case you forgot what they were. But the last line before those verses, Paul is talking about the resurrection from the dead, the life and eternity that is given through Christ alone. And he says, not that I've already attained this, but I hold on to it. I hold on to it because, well, Christ has laid hold of me, right? It's something, though, that is something that takes practice, sort of. I mean, you know the promise out there. You know what the end goal is. And trying to make your way from where everything's kind of broken and feeling like it's falling apart to a place where everything is all in order when we think of heaven and we think of eternity and Christ and we think of all things good and then we look at the world around us and we wonder what is going on. If we have this promise that God has fixed everything in Jesus, why does things look the way they do right now? And then we look towards ourselves and we say, look, God, you've given me of your spirit and baptism. You've given me faith to believe. Why do I doubt that sometimes? Why can't I say the words I want to say at times? How come when folks ask questions, I don't have the answers that I need to have in order to let them know more about you also? So it's, it's tough sometimes to be in a position where we want to be able to do everything well and perfectly with this perfect promise we have from Christ, yet knowing that in our experience we don't do that all the time. So I have a question for you. Are you one who is willing to try things in order to grow in them and fail and make mistakes and grow from it? Or are you one that before you try something, you want to know how to do it perfectly? Because that can hold us back from things a lot of times, right? I'm not going to try that venture until I know exactly how to do it so that when I step into that place, I can amaze people. I wanted to let you know about my first time preaching. I was not at the seminary yet. I was not uh, even thinking of going to go be a pastor yet. I was an elder at our home church up in Ventura, and the pastor was going on vacation. And so he said, all right, here's something I want you to try. You've never done it before, but I want you to give it a go. I said, okay. He said, I want you to preach for me on Sunday. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> because this guy was amazing. I mean, this, just the emotion and the power and the clarity and the way he would speak God's word with such command was beautiful. And he said, I want you to step into that role. That was scary. He said, don't worry. I'm going to write the sermon for you. It's a good one. I've preached it before. You can make it your own. Take it home. Here's a few weeks to walk through it. And, you know, all my stories are your stories. And so just take the time to walk through it and change a couple of things so that you can communicate it in your way with your words, but uh, so you can share this heart of the gospel with the folks. Okay. 
First off, I tried to follow his footsteps in his style, and that didn't work. And then I started getting into the sermon itself and trying to preach that to everybody in the middle of the service, having led a couple of, uh, you know, all the intro parts of the service and everything else. I get up there, and it's sermon time, and I start preaching. I get really nervous, and I start talking really fast, and I forget a lot of the things that I was going to say. And by the time I finally got to the end, I was so excited that I was done that I said, amen, and we prayed. And I get down there afterwards, and one of the other elders said, how long were you up there? I said, oh, I don't know. I said, all right, six minutes. <laughs> it was six minutes that I was up there that felt like an eternity because I was not doing well. <laughs> and it was so hard and so frustrating. And not that all sermons are based on their quality by time. Please know that. <laughs> but six minutes of something that was so hard to walk through and so nerve-wracking. Paul's speaking to these new Christians in Philippi, and he's saying life in Christ is nerve-wracking, and it's hard to wrap your head around it, and you're not going to do it perfectly by any means whatsoever. But remember that it's not you who's laying a hold or having to earn or obtain every promise that God has given to you, but God has already laid a hold of you in Jesus. The promise is 100% yours because of what Christ has done. And so you will not do things perfectly, and you are going to need people in life who are going to mentor you. And you're going to need people who are going to speak God's word into your ears to help you grow in that word and to walk through life with you and raise you up when you're down and encourage you when you're discouraged and bring God's word to your heart to strengthen you. That's what I needed from this pastor of mine who has been a mentor in many ways, who has spoken into uh, the finer points of preaching and would give feedback and then we would work together in different ways in order to do that. But life in Christ is just the same. And as Paul writes to the Christians in Philippi, it's beautiful the way he says, look, stay focused on what God has given to you already. Remember what we have attained is Paul's words, right? So what have we attained? It's been given to us. Well, in baptism, God has given of you his very Holy Spirit. That very spirit that Christ promised in his resurrection and in his ascension. And he said, I'll send the comforter, the strengthener, the helper, the, the one who will speak truth in your life and give you an understanding of God's word so that when you look at the world around you, you're going to say, wait a minute, the world doesn't exactly line up with all of the promises of God, yet God has given me this sure and certain word to hold on to and a faith to believe it and a spirit to act on it, and a heart that is softened to hear it and know that when I fail and need forgiveness, Christ is there to give that very forgiveness. He's going to speak it through the lips of someone else, most likely, but I'm going to hear that forgiveness proclaimed in my ears to know that God has not let go of me, but has continued to hold on to me. He's continued to hold on to you. See, these things that we need to hear throughout life as we see a world that doesn't line up with God's word all the time, although it's interesting when you listen to Jesus and he says, oh, yeah, 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 until I come back again, things are going to be messed up. 
Um, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be suffering. In fact, you know, just believing in me isn't going to make all pains go away by any means. In fact, it might even get worse. Thought about that? The devil doesn't care about all the folks that don't believe in Jesus, but everyone that believes in Jesus has a target that the devil aims for. Yeah, that's a challenging thing to walk into. That's a hard life to live. If you were to walk out into a place out in the community where you stood up for something and said, I believe something different than the rest of this community that's around me, and every time you walked out, you had people pointing a gun at you. It'd be a hard life to live, wouldn't it? Spiritually, it's the exact same thing. Spiritually, it is exactly the same for those young Christians in Philippi as it is for every single one in Christ since then. That as we walk around, there are so many ways in which our own selfish desires, our own sin, the devil and the world and the culture outside of Christ will try to take our eyes off of Jesus and attack in every way to be able to take us away from God's hand. Remember Paul's first words in this section of Scripture that we read. God laid hold of you in Jesus. God holds on to you in Christ. There's nothing that's stronger than God's hand. Not at all. Satan's not stronger than God's hand. He's part of the creation. How can he be as strong as the creator? Right? God's hand continues to hold on to you so that you would continue to know of the faith that he has put in your heart to trust and know that Jesus has died for your sins, that you are forgiven in him, and that resurrection in that day to come when Christ comes back is a sure and certain promise that will come. And until that day comes, we get the same call that Paul called the people of Philippi to. To sum up the last part of that reading, be the church. That's what he says. It says, live life focused in on what you have seen us do in the word of God. Have mentors in your life that continue to speak God's word into your life, to continue to raise you up in faith. And he says, those of you who are mature in spirituality, not necessarily age, those of you who are mature in the faith, think this way. Stay focused on Jesus. And those who aren't, need that mature voice to speak into their ears. They need that mature voice who has walked through different faith experiences and has walked through doubt and walked through certainty and walked through brokenness and experienced forgiveness and all these things so that when that time comes that somebody else looks like they're hurting, you can walk right in with a peaceful word from Christ to say, look, God still loves you. Everything hasn't fallen apart. And you're able to do that because God has transferred your citizenship, your community, your commonwealth, your gathering of group of people from what is shaped by the world into what is shaped by his word in his kingdom. Remember when Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is at hand? He was talking about himself. And he's given himself to you. You know God's promises. You know that you are forgiven. You have been Released from the guilt of all of the sins that have been done before, Christ carried God's wrath for that so that you would not have to bear that guilt, so that you would not have to bear that judgment because Christ carried that judgment for you. And with that, eyes and heart shaped in a new way to be able to speak 
from a place of being a citizen of heaven, a citizen of God's gathering, a person of his family, in a way that is different than anything else that we see in the world. As Paul looks at everybody in the world and he says, look, their God is their belly. Their end is destruction. And that's all they're trying to gather you into. Yet your end is in Christ. And there's nothing that can take that from you. Your eternity is in heaven. And then as God promises Jesus' return to reunify heaven and earth to bring creator and creation back together. He says that's where you will remain in the presence of God and his kingdom because of all of what Jesus has done for you. And until that time, he says, speak that word to others. Live as though that is happening now. Don't let the other things take your eyes off of the truth that Jesus is the one that remains. Press on towards the goal and know that that end of that race will come. It's not a doubt on whether or not Jesus will come back one day. It's a sure and certain promise that we wait for. And until that time, he says, your voice, your life looks like being the church. A gathering of God's people grounded in the truth with lives that look different than a lot of the rest of the world. Because really, there's only two places to be. You're either in the church in Christ or you're outside of the church because Christ isn't in your life. That's it. The hard part is when the church looks like the world and other worldly things start to act like the church and we start to get confused. But the core of all of it is still Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, our one and only Savior whose salvation comes through him alone, the one who has died and risen, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, the one who has shaped you and given you faith to know that he is everlasting and that you are his. It's really quite simple. You're part of the family of God. That's a wonderful thing to rest in and to know that we have a heavenly father that continues to speak words of forgiveness when we don't feel like the family of God or where we know that the words that have come out of our mouths or the things that we have done haven't gone very well. But as we press on towards that goal, we continue to hear those words of those mature in the faith to speak forgiveness into our ears and it shapes us so that as we live, we then become the mentors of those who are new to the faith continuing to be able to speak into their lives, continuing to be able to share the beauty of God's word as Paul did with those in Philippi and as he encourages those in Philippi to do with anyone else that gathers into their gathering. He says you have a new citizenship, you have a new family, a new community, a new gathering, one founded in Jesus who has laid hold of you and will not let go. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to make us yours. We thank you for the words of the apostles, for the words of the church fathers, for the words of those in our lives that have pointed us to you as you continue to work through your people for the benefit of your creation. And we need your word, Lord. We pray that you continue to bring voices into our lives that speak the truth of your words, of sin and forgiveness and life in Jesus to us. Guide us, Lord, by your spirit, so you'd continue to point us to Christ and give us the strength to point others to Christ and to gather them into your community. In Jesus' name, amen.